Do you want us to keep producing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there? If so, there's a way you can help. If you enjoy this show, please consider donating to help us pay for the cost of making it available. You can do so by using the PayPal link in the description of the podcast or on social media sites where we post it. Even a small donation would help. Thanks in advance, and go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. I can't say that game has rendered me speechless because I'm going to speak a lot tonight, but with so much on the line, that is one of the more pathetic surrenders I've ever seen VCU do in a big game. Disappointed doesn't even begin to cover me. I'm angry, actually more than disappointed, because this team was not prepared to play, and we're going to spend a lot of time on the coach who did not a good, who did a abysmal job tonight. Welcome to Rams Rewind live here in the Good and the Bad and the Ugly group. Thank you for listening out there in podcast land, and thank you everybody in the Good and the Bad and the Ugly group for being here to give us comments. If somehow you actually like what you hear, which is doubt, because I'm I'm going to be pretty mad, and I'm going to be lighting a few people up tonight, uh, and you want to help us out, you can shoot us some dinero. There is a link to the PayPal in the description on Podbean and your other podcast platforms. Everybody's given us so much support. God bless you for that. Um, you know, and and we appreciate that. Well, yeah, ugly, ugly, ugly. Forget about it and be ready on Sunday. Yes and no, Eric Slater, because there's some things that, that need to be drummed into these guys. Worst game of the season by a mile and a half, Bruce Stevenson, you're right. Doug Hines is kind of right about this. We do this every year when we have a chance to take our destiny in our own hands and we blow a game like this. We do blow a game like this, but usually not this badly. Like, we've had we've had halves of games that were this terrible. Um, you know, some of the halves we've had at St. Bonaventure, like the one this year and some other years up there, the first half at St. Louis with everything on the line at the end of the season, that was terrible. But this, this is, at least in those games, there were large stretches of the game where VCU played well. And in the case of St. Louis, they fought like hell in the second half to come back. We got, and Dan Gay tennis. Yes, we didn't blow it. We got beat. It happens. But this was a pathetic effort. And I and and Doug Hines is right about this. What Ryan Odom, what was that? Ryan Odom, what was that? Uh, and Doug Hines says, I can't stand when coaches sit there too cool for school. Yes, as a coach, you do need to project strength and calmness at times because you don't want your players to panic. So I understand that end of it. But what I don't understand is it's not working. Sometimes you got to light people up and get into them. And sometimes you got to sit people down and try everybody you can. I will say, before we just totally blast the crap out of Ryan Odom, at least he played Fats Phillips tonight and Roosevelt Wheeler. And quite honestly, those two guys gave us something. They made some mistakes. Rose had a really bad one that I think pretty much killed off whatever comeback chances they had, and we'll get to that. 
But I, out of out of all the players that played tonight, uh, they're the only two that I feel kind of good about because the rest of them were terrible. In fact, how's this? Roosevelt Wheeler played 14 minutes tonight, which I'm almost sure is a season high. Roosevelt Wheeler was the only guy with a plus. He was plus three tonight. How about that? Phillips was minus nine, which is which you think is terrible until you realize there's a whole bunch of people who were that or worse. And there wasn't that many that were better. But Ryan Odom, seriously, what was that? Your team is drowning out there. Early in the game, I'm listening to it. They can't make any shots. You go the first segment and you don't make a basket. You're down nine to two. You didn't call a timeout, then okay. At 17 to two, what are you waiting for? Are you gonna at least attempt to try to, to try to change it? Some of these people needed to some of these people needed to sit down. And here's the and here's the other thing. Sean and, and everybody's lighting Sean Barristow up, and they should. And they should. But here's what gets me tonight about Ryan Odom. Yes, he plays Billups. Yes, he plays Wheeler. That's good. But honest to God, Sean Barristow gets 31 minutes tonight. And somehow he had six assists. That kind of blew my mind. And he had eight rebounds, which again, on a lot of other nights, would be meritorious. But his efforts at both ends of the floor, pathetic. Terrible. And you know what? I don't care what he did for him at Utah State, and I don't care how much he trusts Sean Barristow. There is no way he should have got 31 minutes tonight. None. He was absolutely rotten tonight. Terrible decision-making. Somehow he only got one turnover. I'll be honest, I don't know how that happened. You know, just throwing up shots with no chance to get in, looking for a foul. Honestly, and defensive efforts, seriously, and they all did this. Not fighting around the screens. Getting pushed off the spot all the time. Getting out hustled for everything. I'm amazed Sean Barristow got eight rebounds tonight because it seemed like every time I turned around, I was watching somebody fight out, out fight him for the ball and out and out hustle him for the ball. This is it, this was it was just it was bizarre to watch at times. Um, yeah, so much for us being road warriors. Yeah, I guess we got to retire that now with a second road loss. I mean that that was so absolutely terrible. I just I don't even know where to begin with all of it. But we start there. But I'm sorry, Ryan Odom. That effort was absolutely awful. Yeah, that the, the Duquesne game is up there. You know, I I memory hold that, but that's a good callback, Daniel Carter. That Duquesne game was just was just horrific. <sighs> Eric Slater, you sound like the announcer saying it was just did we were due for a clunker. Honestly, we had a clunker on Friday night against St. Louis. I don't care what anybody says. I, I don't care how good St. Louis is offensively. Giving up 85 points to one of the worst teams in this league, uh-uh. And I and my fear was that there were some things in there that might become bad habits. Well, that's what it looked like tonight because this defensive effort wasn't far off that one. 
UMass shoots almost 50% from the field. And in the end, they don't shoot that well from three, but whatever. They were hot, they were hot enough early. And then when VCU briefly threatened to come back, they made a few of them. But seriously, you got timeouts. You lose a timeout at halftime. So why in God's name aren't you using it? When it's clear this team's drowning out there and needs a reset, it was absolutely an abominable effort from, from Ryan Odom tonight. Absolutely abominable. They were chucking all these threes early, and they made a few, but they were chucking way too many early, and they pretty much gave up going inside at times. Good grief. And it's just, it's not good enough. And I don't want to, and, and, and you know, the announcers were saying, other people saying in the ear, oh, it's just one of those nights. No. UMass just lost to LaSalle. Team that's in the basement. Fighting with St. Louis to be in the basement. And you know what? You had to know that they were going to come out with fire in their eyes. You had to know that they were going to come out with some energy because that effort, that effort at LaSalle was absolute nonsense. And you know Frank Martin got into their rear end. You know Monday, Sunday, and Monday was not a fun 48 hours for those guys in the black shirts tonight with the UMass on their on their on their on their uh, jerseys. And they they played like a team who got its who got its butt chewed out by the coach. And we played like a team that was like, everything's fine. We've won all these games. We were not ready to play tonight. And that is on Ryan Odom, and that is on his coaching staff. And they got to chew these guys out, and they got to get into them, yes. But they need to look at themselves. They all need to sit down and look at each other because that was absolutely horrific. 11-plus minutes without a basket to start the game. I mean, again, it's one of those things that's like, if you, you, if you hadn't seen it yourself, you wouldn't stinking believe it. You wouldn't stinking believe it. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous to see that happen in a game like this. You know, <laughs> UMass, let's see here. I was hoping, to, yeah, period one. So what, what is this here? So they, they got, I don't want, okay, well, they got free throws in there. So let's see here. Yeah, we don't get a VCU basket until, yeah, shoulder three-pointer at 8.50. So 11 minutes and 10 seconds without anything, without a basket to start the game. And you're not using one timeout to say, we got a problem here. This is this is going wrong. I, I just, you know, we got to change it. And again, he at least he at least put Billups and, and, and Wheeler out there, but good God. And 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 Doug Hines, that's another thing. And it and it causes me to ask a question that unfortunately I asked a lot with the last coach. What are we working on? Because time and again, this team cannot make shots at the rim. Time and again. And 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 I'll be honest, I, it was getting to the point with me where it's like Bearstow must be hurt because some of these layup misses from him, you've got to be joking. You've got to be joking. You're a top-class player. You're an all-conference-level player when we've seen you, and you can't make a dang layup? 
Especially when no one is on you? Crime of Nidalee. What are we working on? And again, if, it's, if we're not working on this, why aren't we? And don't give me the layup line before a game. That doesn't do anything. That doesn't do anything. And, and, and I'll tell you something. Sean Barristow, we've seen, we haven't seen him dunk a lot this year, but we have seen him dunk. So if, it, if, it's, a foot, if it's an issue with his foot still, then, then he's got to sit down with somebody and figure this out because it just ludicrous. Ludicrous. Dunk the stinking ball, Sean Barristow. I saw you do it time and again on YouTube, so I know you can do it. Golly Moses. And in a game with so much on the line, you let Cohen and Cross just have you for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Josh Cohen, 20 points, 7 of 10 from the field, even makes a three. Matt Cross, 7 of 9 from the field, 12 rebounds. I mean, God, these stats, these stats are just, I mean, again, burn. you almost do want to burn the tape because it was so bad. But the efforts tonight on defense were, were pathetic, were just not good enough. They were simply, yeah, yes, Doug Hines, he definitely has had some dunks this year. I mean, they, they, they end up tied with VCU. UMass shot the ball way better than VCU. VCU was 30% from the field. UMass is 47. Yet they had the same amount of offensive rebounds. UMass plus seven on second chance points. <laughs> but this is the this is the real amazing thing. We were to the talk before the game is, oh, UMass, they do great taking care of the ball. They're one of the better teams in the country when it comes to turnover margin. VCU forced 12 UMass turnovers. And only had 13 themselves. If you'd have told anybody that before the game, anybody that there'd be one turnover difference between the two, I'm saying VCU's win. All those VCU fans are saying they're win. I bet you a lot of UMass fans would have said they're winning the game, VCU. And yet, as Daniel Carter points out, points off turnovers, 23 to 3. 23 to three. Again, it's one of those things like if I hadn't seen it myself, I wouldn't have believed it. But that's what happened. And think, and here's the other, and, and, and again, here's another issue. Because of the fact that they couldn't make a shot in the, inside the paint, they made a grand total of nine of them the entire game. They weren't willing to drive as much. So here's the thing. They made seven out of seven free throws to start the game because they couldn't make a basket. You only get five more free throws the rest of the game. You only get five more free throws the last 29 minutes, 28, 29 minutes of the game. That's it. And that makes trying to come from 20 down impossible. You have to get to the foul line to do that if you're going to have a comeback like that. It's there's no way to do it unless you go absolutely ham from the outside, which they didn't do. And I'll give them this, at least in the second half, they didn't take as many of these threes. Oh. But look, but at least they at least VCU went to the Golo Arena and won. UMass didn't go to the Golo Arena and win. Oh gosh. What a 
I, I, it's just, it's hard to find the words. It's hard to find the words. There was so much on the line. And that's the best you can do. That is the best you can do. And you don't have the energy coming out when you're on the road against a team that's just had a terrible loss. And you're not ready to play. And you don't sit there and use a timeout and try to change it. Try to say, hey, let's wake up out there. And even the announcers were saying something about it in the second half. Gee, he's not. He's just sitting there letting, letting there play it out. Oh, that that ain't cut, that ain't gonna cut any ice with me or anybody else. Well, and see, Daniel Carter, didn't we talk about that on Friday night? And thank you, Chris Conway, as always. I appreciate you. Didn't we talk about that Friday night? Hockey arena. Not going to be filled. Not a lot of fans. They, you got you to gotta find a way to energize yourself. Did we not say that Friday night? Did we not say that? And what happened? Flat as a tack tonight. Flat as a tack. Golly, Moses. I, 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 it's inexcusable. It's inexcusable. And, and at times, people had good intentions, but they're either trying to be too perfect or you're trying to make the impossible play. I go back to what Rodney Ashby said, and Mike Roach used to say it. Don't try to hit triples and home runs. Try to hit singles. Zeb Jackson, once you get in the air, you better, even if it's the wrong decision, you might as well commit to it because when you change your mind in the air, the chances are it's going to go wrong. That happened a bunch of times tonight. Oh, God, I hope he doesn't. Uh, Daniel Carter, I hope Ryan Odom doesn't say fight in the game or you, you're, you and me are going to be losing it together on that one. Uh, Doug Hines, this is an Odom loss, but let's give Massachusetts credit. They just stunk the joint out in Philadelphia against the LaSalle team that has been in free fall. And they responded to it. They responded to it by outworking, out hustling, out coaching, out everything VCU. So I'm going to give them credit for that. So now, Brian Odom, this is the worst loss of the year by a long way. This is the worst game you've ever coached by a long way. So we need to see how, number one, you respond, and none of this passive bullcrap out there. You don't have to scream and yell and act like a crazy person like I would. Don't do that. Don't try to be something you're not, but don't just sit there and take it either. Because that's what it looked like tonight. You just sat there and took it. And so did the rest of the team. And that is not going to cut it here. That is not going to do anything. That is not going to convince anybody at this university about you. No. Uh-uh. So you got to respond, and these players got to respond. And every one of them, with the exception of Wheeler and, and Billups, in my opinion, have got to look at themselves and say, did I put the effort in? Did I, actually, did I go out there and represent myself and represent this jersey to the fullest? Because the answer to that is no, you didn't. No, you did not. But I, but let's let I mean, that's the thing. At least Roosevelt Wheeler got a chance, and he actually did something with it.
But we got to talk about the play, the one play he made because it absolutely killed him. Let me go to the let me go to the play by play because I want to make sure I get this right because this absolutely this was the one moment they had when they were in this ball game with a when they looked like they were maybe getting back in this ball game and he did something very silly and I didn't understand it at the time and let me see if I can find the dang play okay let's see here if they let's see if they even gave him a turnover on that because they should yeah ten forty two to go. 10.42 to go as I try to unfilter it. You know, we get we get uh, – UMass is going to turn this ball over. UMass has turned this ball over. It's a 13-point game. Nelson's just made a three. And I'm not even sure what happened here or what Rose is thinking. Yeah, that's it, Mike Urbanski. He's going for the loose ball. It doesn't look to me, and I'd have to watch it again. <laughs> That's funny, John Ecker. It, it, it doesn't look like to me, or didn't look like to me at the time, that he was close enough to the boundary line where he has to throw it back in. To me, it looks like he can grab the ball, stand up, he's inbounds, wait for help. For some reason, as Mike Urbanski perfectly described it, he, he behind his back just, just – Bats the ball back into play. UMass gets it. The referees, because the shot clock operator did whatever and reset the clock when he shouldn't have. So they had to freaking – they called the timeout. They stopped the game. And then what happened? One three-pointer missed. Massachusetts gets the rebound. Same guy misses again. Massachusetts gets the rebound. Josh Cohen – Second chance points, scores, makes it a 15-point game. And and that was pretty much it. That was pretty much it for the game. Hello, Laney. I'll do that just for her, just for you, John Eckert. Uh, yeah, and he was Doug Hines. He was two feet in bounds. And I'm going to chop that up because I don't want to blast Roosevelt Wheeler at all because God bless America, he was one of the only guys that was that was putting the effort in that was required tonight. I'm going to chalk that up to inexperience and him not having played a lot. Dude, just grab the basketball, stand up, and look for a teammate. That's what you got to do there. And, yes, you know what, Bruce Stevenson, you're right. I am remiss because I haven't mentioned the dribble death. There was so much dribble death. It wasn't as bad as, as some of these other games we saw. But there was so much dribble death. death. Joe Bamisil, Sean Barristow, Max Scholga, even Jason Nelson, who I love to bits. They were all doing it. Dribbling, dribbling for 10 and 15 seconds. And then they'll try a shot or they'll try a difficult pass. And by and large, it, it didn't work. The second chance points margin was plus 70 UMass. Even though UMass, VCU missed a lot more shots than UMass, they had the same number of offensive rebounds, and they were plus seven on second-chance points, which is a joke. Although it's not as big a joke, to, a joke as the points-off turnover when you consider there was a one-turnover difference, and yet Massachusetts got 20-0 more points off a turnover. So, basically, there, uh, uh, barring a really strange set of circumstances you can get, forget about first, 
and probably second. Yeah, and maybe even third too. Honestly, it's going to be very difficult for them to get higher than fourth at this point because now they are two games behind everybody with two losses. They could get the tiebreaker with Dayton and Richmond, and they had the tiebreaker with Loyola Chicago. So theoretically, especially if they can beat Dayton and Richmond, it's possible that we could get a four-way tie at 14-4. and four. They do have to win the rest of their games. Is the season over, as some people were saying? No, it's not. Because I'm going to trust and hope that this team is going to look at this effort tonight. They're going to be embarrassed by it. And they're going to say, we're not letting this blankety-blank happen again. Because that's what other VCU teams have done throughout the years. Under Mike Rhodes, under Will Wade, under Shaka Smart. We have had teams, some are as bad as this. Most of them weren't quite as bad as this. There's like one or two that were worse that I can think of. And almost every time, I've seen VCU respond. I've seen VCU respond. So, you know, that's what that's what I'm that's what I'm gonna expect. I'm gonna expect this team to respond, and I believe they can still win these next five games. And that's what they've got to do. That way they they not only cinch the bye, maybe just maybe other teams can stub their toe enough to lose. The thing that was really annoying me is that a certain person who shall remain nameless kept saying that if VCU won out, they would win the league tonight, even though Loyola Chicago had two losses and VCU had three, and we didn't play Loyola Chicago again. Thankfully, I won't have to hear that for a few days from that local radio personality or any others. But I'll tell you what, Brian Odom, not good enough. And the thing is, it was one thing, losing those games in Orlando. Yeah, there were some questionable things there. You didn't have your full roster. Okay. Losing that Norfolk State game, very bad. We were upset. You, you're, you, the team didn't understand that somebody inside the state was going to bring it to them and was going to come with everything they had and they weren't ready for it. So you get that one. Because Ryan Odom, even though you're from here, when you were here, Norfolk State wasn't even D1, you know, you know, when you were living in Virginia. So maybe you didn't understand that they would come with everything with guns blazing to beat one of the bigger schools in the state. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. Those first two losses were a lot of things. Whatever. You can't you didn't play 40 bad minutes in that game like you did tonight. Okay. St. Bonaventure was 20, it was 18 really good minutes and 22 and 22 with uh with the rest of it. Uh <laughs> yeah, Darren Grimes, I heard that today too. Uh I I'm uh, I'm not even I don't think we should even get into that about that. But this one, this one, mm -mm. not after Norfolk State, not after GW, mm -mm. this is unacceptable.
And this is on you mainly. Those players' efforts were BS, but they weren't ready to play, and that's on you and this coaching staff. And you can't do it. You can't do it. You can't You can't front up with so much on the line and play like that and not expect to get some heat for it because every other coach that has has gotten it. And look, let's give – Let's give Massachusetts some credit. They're a really good team. Don't sit here and and give us this and 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 talk down about them. This is a quad two game. They they this is a team that fought Dayton tooth and nail at nail and almost beat them at Dayton. This is a team that should have been in the dead gum championship game in Hawaii, and they gagged that. And that's the other thing. They gagged a bunch of games away. With some foul shooting and some just some kind of not you know not headed play from themselves, they're not many plays away from being way better than what they are. They're sixteen and nine. Let me look at their schedule. They're three or they, well, that's the wrong. Oops, I clicked on the BC one. UMass, UMass is not a lot of not a lot of plays away from having you know 18, 19, 20 wins. Honestly. Um you know, they, they lost a tough one to Harvard by three. They beat South Florida, who, by the way, is the number one team in the American Athletic. They beat them. But you go to that diamond head, they should have never lost the Georgia Tech game. Should have never lost that. Uh, that's one that was in their favor. Dayton, they played really well. Could have won that. I don't know how they lost the Rhode Island game. They lost two games uh, in a week. Because they couldn't get a defensive rebound. They lost to Loyola Chicago on a stick pack in the last second. And there was another one they lost in the last second. They lost to St. Joe's. Same thing. Stick back right at the end of the game. So really right there, they're, 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 uh, they're 16 and 9. They could easily be 19 and 6. So UMass is a really good team. VCU wasn't ready. Wasn't ready to play. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm not having that. I'm not having that from this coaching staff. I'm not having it from these players either, but this is a coaching staff today, tonight because that is just, uh-uh. I, I, can't, I cannot stomach what I saw tonight. But again, I really do believe they'll respond because they have every other time, pretty much. And, I mean, you can argue GW they didn't, but even in that game, they had stretches where they played great. They just couldn't stop GW at the end, and that's why they lost. So, Sunday, St. Joe's, homecoming, sold out. VCU, got to bring the energy fans, and hopefully we'll see what's what, and we'll see this team respond. Again, you're dealing with a team that, like UMass, can, put, can fill it up and score a lot of points. So, defensively, the efforts have got to be way better than this because this is another team that if you get into a shootout with them, you might be regretting it, and you got to win this game because then, because if you don't win this game, all of a sudden you really start cracking the door open for, 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 the, for, the, for the double buy, and we need to get this one done and the, and another, and the Rhode Island one done hopefully after, the, after that so that we can have this double buy in our back pocket when we finish with Richmond, Duquesne, and Dayton, which is going to be tough. 
So thank you all for listening out in podcast land and here live in the good and the bad and the ugly group. Thank you for your comments. Good, bad, or indifferent about what I've said. Here at the good and the bad and the ugly group, we can take most of it. That's, you know, hey, whatever. You disagree, you disagree. That's the way it is. I appreciate it nonetheless. I always enjoy uh, our comments live in the video. And that is why you should be a member of the good and the bad and the ugly group. Because the live videos after the game, the game threads are always a lot of fun. Sometimes a lot of gallows humor, which is what you got tonight. VCU by the numbers, which will be out Thursday. Uh, because I always like to wait for all of the all those A10 teams to play and see what their net numbers are, are like. Uh, around the A10, where we keep our eye on, on our uh, on our A10 brethren, tales from the non-conference, where we keep our eye on our non-conference opponents. We're probably due in about another week for another non-conference update. I think next week you'll you'll see another one updating because at this point now. We're starting to get to about two-thirds of conference play, if not already, in most of these conferences. So we're going to have an update on all our non-conference opponents and where they sit in their conferences. It's probably going to be next week, middle of next week. So thank you all for listening. Thank you for your comments. I'm mad and frustrated and livid, and I guess, and I imagine most of these fans are too, and they should be. Let's hope the Rams respond to this F to this performance tonight with the kind of performances we expect from DCU. Thank you all. Talk to you guys on Sunday. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.